God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We have a interesting show today. Uh, we're going to have a guest on to make an introduction. Uh, his his name is J.D. Rucker, and he's going to be on the show, and we're going to tell you some things that we're going to be doing together. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be at the bottom of the hour. Um, but for now... Uh, I was blown away when I heard uh, about this. It, it was a corroboration of everything that I already knew, uh, everything that we knew. But to say it just really drives home where we are with this conflict in Ukraine. And everything that I've been telling you for the last few weeks uh, has is, is coming true. And... Uh, it's disturbing to me. It really is. It's uh, it's a sad, 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 sad time that we're living in. But every one of these things that I've been talking to you about uh, that sound conspiratorial are coming true. And uh, I, I feel like I had a finger on the pulse on this, but it's still unnerving and saddening that uh, the world as we know it is just changing. So I'm going to play this clip for you. And uh, it's, it's uh, Joe Biden talking about a liberal new order. Now, understand that that word liberal is real important. Liberal new world order. What is he talking about? Let's take a listen. Point, I believe, in the world economy, not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946 
And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people dying, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's gonna be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway, a liberal world order, a new world order. This has been going on since the Bushes t- took power. Herbert Walker Bush. Not a war of the jungle, a new world order, and we're just, um, and, and it's exactly what uh, I think was has been going on. When we have the same problems all over the place, uh, as, uh, let's see, I'm going to try to get George Bush, new world order. But but you could hear this stuff all over the place. It's been going on for quite a long time. Let's take a look. Its founders. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Wow. So that's George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, and he said that, gosh, when did he say that? Hmm. It's been a while. Yeah, back in the, in the 80s, 90s. And, well, he wasn't uh, president in the 90s. He was in president in 1991, and then Clinton beat him. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we're up against. See, this whole thing about ceding power to uh, Brussels and ceding power to the United Nations and ceding power to the <clears throat> World Health Organization. I mean, who the heck elected the uh, head of um, the World Health Organization? Who was that guy? I don't know, you know. He was uh, some war- warrior from a tribe in Kenya or in, in northern Africa. And all of a sudden, he's ru- he's running gumshot all over the world, dictating, covering up for China on the COVID incident and locking down the world. And because people complain, they get locked up. I mean, what what is that about? We talked about it yesterday and the day before, or no, yesterday we talked about it, but over the weekend I posted this stuff about Zelensky basically shutting down all of all of the uh, opposition in his country. And yesterday I mentioned it, but I didn't highlight it. And now I think it's worth highlighting. And, and also uh, keep in mind, too, that what we were talking about is that member of parliament, the Ukrainian, is talking about a new world order. I played the clip yesterday. New world order. And what is this obsession with the new world order? Of course, we know what it's about. It's about globalism. And this war, we now know, based on what Biden just said about the new world order, we know that this conflict And it's what I've been saying all along. This conflict is not about Ukraine and Russia. It's about Russia 
feeling threatened by an emerging new world order, by an emerging globalist movement that's dictated by corporations like BlackRock, that's dictated by social tyranny, socialist dictators like Justin Trudeau, who will literally, if you protest, if you protest in disagreement with a supposed uh, democratic leader, some sort of civilized nation that represents the new world order, they will lock your accounts, they will freeze your accounts, they will censor your voice, they will kick you off of social media, and they will lock you up. And we have evidence of it. Because somebody questioned the integrity of the election. And what was the response from the Biden administration but to get Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security, to literally say that that is an extreme view. If you question the outcome of the election, if you question election integrity, if you question COVID, if you question climate, you have an extreme view, and therefore, not only will you be considered extreme, we're going to order all of the social media big tech to adhere to our guidelines if they are to receive government support. And so therefore, these big tech guidelines, these, are, are, these big tech companies adopt these draconian guidelines. And these guidelines are built around censoring you. Built one mind, one thought, one way. State-run media. It's how you turn a mockingbird press into a state-run facility. And these, these companies are paid off by lots of foreign interests to do lots of foreign things. Just like NGOs, for example, you know, are financed by people like Putin to go after uh, and pursue a green initiative that will allow our politicians, by, by allowing them to pay off our politicians, to vote away our rights to fossil fuels and natural gas and affordable energy. And they do it because they want the monopoly. See, this whole thing, this Gilded Age or this 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 secret club or the skull and bones all is about having monopolies. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, the Masons and Freemasons and things like that. These clubs are all designed to give somebody a leg up and an advantage over the other guy. And globalism is where you don't even have to compete anymore, that it's just one world. Remember when Bono used to say AIDS for Africa and all this in the 80s and the 90s, one world? And he even had a song, one world, one mind, one this, one that. Well, that's what it's all about. It's about this global, globalist movement. And these moronic liberals don't understand that once, whatever it is that they're perpetuating is going to ruin their lives too, but they're just too dumb to, to, to admit it. Or I, I can't imagine that they want to just give away everything they worked for. But they want to center the speech. They want to be right for some reason. 
They think that they're right, but they're wrong. Because competition has always been the way to freedom and and expression. Capitalism has always been a better way to find the path of least resistance. Having winners and losers has always been a better way than when everybody gets a trophy. Excellence in the pursuit. You know, we're right now, we're, we're, I, I read an article just the other day uh, where schools are starting to think about doing away with the valedictorian competition. So no longer is it important for you to be the number, number one in your class. Why, why even bother? They say it's too demoralizing for the people that don't get it. I just don't understand this way of thinking. But that's, that, that's what Common Core was all about. Ramrodding and basically, well, well, critical race theory is ramrodding their thoughts down your throat. But Common Core is about moving at the pace of the slowest denominator. And it's just sad. So Tucker Carlson had an open, and we're going to play that too. And we're going to move quite fast today uh, because we have a guest that's coming on at the bottom of the hour. So I want to get this out of the way as well. This talks about Zelensky and his movement to squash all the press and squash all of his political opponents by declaring martial law. Isn't that what um, Justin Trudeau did? Isn't that, you know... What Australia had been doing, they've been, they'll shoot you in the face with a rubber bullet in the name of public safety and health, all because you don't want to get some foreign substance jabbed into your arm. I mean, give me a break. So with that in mind, you should know about a political party in Ukraine called Opposition Platform for Life. With 43 seats in parliament, it is the largest opposition party in that country. Over the weekend, the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, banned that party. Opposition Platform for Life is now prohibited from, quote, all activity within Ukraine. So with a single command, Zelensky made it impossible for anybody to run against him for president. He did this not just to Opposition Platform for Life, but to 10 other political parties that he believed were insufficiently loyal to him. They're all illegal now. Obviously, there's a war underway in Ukraine, and on that basis, Zelensky has declared martial law. But we must tell you there is no evidence that the opposition parties he banned were aiding Russia in its war against Ukraine. Opposition Platform for Life, for example, denounced the Russian invasion the moment it happened, just like everybody else. But Zelensky took the opportunity to turn Ukraine into effectively a one-party state, which it now is. So having banned all opposition, he then seized control of the country's media outlets. Zelensky signed a decree that combines all national television channels into a single platform that he controls. He described this as a, quote, unified information policy, and it certainly is unified. So if all of these details seem shocking to you, if this is not the Zelensky you've heard about on the Today Show, then you may not have been paying attention to Ukraine. Zelensky has been solidifying complete control over Ukraine for a long time, since long before the Russian invasion and the war. Last year, he had his main political opponent arrested and his assets seized by the state. At the same time, Zelensky shut down three of Ukraine's most popular television networks, channels that, not coincidentally, had criticized him. So how should we as Americans assess this? Well, first and most obviously by admitting this is authoritarianism, it's not democracy. And then second, by acknowledging that actually it's pretty common around the world. 
Even in 2022, real democracy is a rare thing anywhere. Most countries are still governed by some variety of dictatorship, whatever they may call it. And that includes close American allies. The kingdoms of Jordan and Saudi Arabia come to mind, but there are others. We're not moralizing about this, by the way. Obviously, we'd prefer democracy everywhere in every country. But as Americans, it's probably a waste of time to get too involved in the internal affairs of other countries. They're hard to change. What we care about, what all Americans should care about, is what happens here in the United States. The United States is, despite the fact it's also a bumper sticker, doesn't make it untrue, is a beacon of hope and freedom to the rest of the world. How do we maintain that inspiring position? Not simply by sending people missiles, but by remaining free ourselves. The United States cannot be a beacon of freedom, of light in the world, if we are not free. So that's the first thing we do if we want to inspire and change the world. Ukraine included, is make sure that we stay free. And with that concern in mind, you should be very worried by your leader's response to what's happening in Ukraine, the growing dictatorship there. And that's the word for it. What's another word for it? If you have ideas, send it to us. On the very same day that Zelensky shut down opposition media and all opposition political parties, Professional liar and Atlantic Magazine pundit David Frum posted this on Twitter verbatim, quote, Ukraine may be the first example in human history of a country that under the pressure of war is becoming more tolerant and more liberal. Right. So when you outlaw all criticism of yourself, that's called tolerance. It's called democracy. But don't take the word of a single Canadian warmonger propagandist. David Frum is hardly alone in telling you that all of Washington is telling you that. Watch. So proud of President Zelensky and the courage that he has shown. And in Congress, we are trying to get the administration on board. President Biden is showing moral leadership, just like President Zelensky is showing moral leadership. He, of course, by his example, uh, shows the kind of courage we all hope we can reach and, and provide at, at a moment of uh, real testing. Government doesn't give us our rights. Our rights come to us from God, and government is just a shared tool to secure them. And yeah. you see that spirit, that American uh, Philadelphia 1787 spirit yeah. in in Zelensky right now. God, these people. So the, the man who just declared himself king is actually the world's newest George Washington. Okay. So you can be deeply concerned and deeply saddened, outraged by what's happening to Ukrainians without saying things like that. Because it's absurd. It's a lie. That's the word from Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, a Republican. And again, on one level, you can understand why people are whipped into an emotional frenzy when they talk about Ukraine. Why wouldn't they be? Russia's invasion of Ukraine was shocking. It was wrong. The suffering of civilians there is entirely real. We're watching it on TV. It's horrifying. So it's entirely natural to root for the Ukrainians to expel the invaders. And obviously, we are rooting for them to expel the invaders, Russia. But just because what Russia has done in Ukraine was wrong doesn't mean you have to lie about the Ukrainian government. It See, that's his point. And, you know, I've been saying this for a while, too. This is not a war where you pick sides. Because if you pick Putin, you're looking like a fool. And if you pick Zelensky, you're really being naive. And, uh, and, and so you have to just try to get a better understanding as to what's going on. In Russia, and I, you know, it, when you take a look at this conflict, uh, you have to look at look at what's going on. Why why was Putin motivated to do what he did? Uh, 
What were the steps that were being made? Of course, we've looked into the corruption, the the endless amount of corruption, and then the cover-up in the media. We look at what our own Western allies and leaders are doing, and they're no better, and they shouldn't be preaching to us about rights and wrongs. That's number one. And number two, what is this new world order about? Why don't we just leave things the way they were? America was the beacon on the hill for democracy, but not anymore. We got people rotting in J6, uh, rotting in jail for, uh, over J6. The COVID lockdown, I think, was the biggest distribution of, redistribution of wealth we've ever seen in the world. And the issue there is I think that Putin was looking at the globalist movement and seeing how much power and control they gained over the middle class and realized that that the play is now, that their existential threat is all around them. It's not about Ukraine so much as it is about that is where the epicenter is for the European Union, for the uh, NATO, for the New World Order. Uh, We got the uh, economic superpower status fleeting out of our hands right now for the yuan, the uh, new currency that Saudi Arabia is thinking about embracing with China and Russia will certainly alliance with China. It's the social economic, it's the economic superpower status that I'm even as worried about as the nuclear power status. Because once we lose those powers, we're threatened. But this whole movement in the wake of COVID, this new world order, this globalist movement, we've been seeing it over and for a long time. What is a union? European Union was designed to gain leverage and power. And a bigger union than the European Union is when you combine the Western Union with the European Union. And now you have all these countries from the West. We've sort of almost gotten there. We've gotten there with the Five Eyes partners, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, England, and the United States. And we saw the Five Eyes partners turn on Donald Trump, for example, with you know HC, uh, HG, H, H, uh, C, HQ or whatever, uh, the uh, British intelligence. And we saw how they meddled in our elections. We saw how a lot of our so-called allies meddled in our elections. We saw the different uh, hypocrisies that were going on with Germany, Merkel, and before her, Schroeder, and Jacques Chirac, and Macron, and Hollande in, in France, and what they've done to their people in Italy. And we, we understand now that they've seized power from the middle class. And they're seizing it again, not with billy clubs and not with rubber bullets, but they're doing it economically. I'm looking at pictures that say $9 a gallon in gas. That, that a fill-up of 20 gallons is $90 plus. We've been talking about that for weeks and weeks on end. It's costing $80, I used to say. Now it's $90. $90 to fill up your tank of gas. Tell me that is not crushing the middle class. 
weakening the middle class's position. You know, the people flying their Learjets aren't going to suffer. But the middle class is going to be driven into the Stone Ages. And with that, we're going to be part of a larger group of people called the impoverished, the needy, the, so, the, the government dependent. And it's, it's at that moment that you're going to realize that all those people flooding through our open borders who are competing for your crumbs that you're, you're needing are going to be part of it, a part of a mess. You're going to have to share neighborhoods with these people. Meanwhile, all these globalists, all these elite, they're going to just waltz right in to these empty countries and mine and drill and set up vacation homes in these other countries. It's absolutely pretty sad. But, you know, I'm delighted to bring on to the Scott Adams show uh, a man that I've gotten to know a little bit. And uh, we're going to be doing some work together on Red State Talk Radio. And his name is J.D. Rucker. J.D., welcome to the Scott Adams show. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Scott. All right. So uh, you must have heard about the... uh, you must have heard about Biden's comments about a new world order, did you? Oh, I did. We posted up on the Liberty Daily uh, as soon as we heard it and got picked up a lot of places. It's it's pretty telling. I mean, people like to say that, you know, oh, it's just a conspiracy theory, except if you go back to literally every president since George H.W. Bush, other than, of course, Donald Trump, every president of the United States has invoked this phrase, and it's something that that is very telling. It tells us uh, what their plan is. You know, people like to say, "Oh, you know, the fact checkers will debunk it and say, no, he was talking about this or he was talking about that." No, folks, he's talking about the new world order, just as we've been saying for for years, decades. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it was telling, and I, there's nothing surprising about it. People are shocked. There's nothing to be shocked about. Of course, Joe Biden is into this stuff of course he's been into it for for decades this isn't the first time he's ever said it either you know he's he was talking about the new world order as a senator so no um yeah i heard about it (laughs) so you you've had really i think uh your analysis on this whole ukraine russia uh conflict has just been spot on in my opinion um could you share a little bit about what you you would like to say about uh this conflict it's not it's not as linear it's not as straightforward there are no real white hats and black hats in this whole thing are there no there's not you've got you know people the, the narrative obviously is that you know vladimir putin is pure evil and therefore you know uh, vladimir zelensky must be pure good that's not true there there are no as you said white hats and black hats there's no good guy here okay we need to be obviously very uh, supportive of the Ukrainian people and of the other people that are affected by this. You know, the, the impact of this, this regional conflict has been forced to be spread worldwide based upon the sanctions, based upon everything else. But they're trying to make this a very black and white issue, and it just isn't. Zelensky has been corrupt for, from the beginning. Long before he was even a politician, he was corrupt. And Vladimir Putin, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, you, you're being too hard on him. He's always been a thug. You know, he's been an enemy of the United States from the beginning. 
people like to say, well, you know, we, we've, we've had good relationships and bad relationships with Russia. It's always been a bad relationship in that the Russian goal has always been to take down the United States. They're not a, a nation that is, that is in our favor. But here's the thing. When we look at that, it's easy for them to sell this narrative that you know, uh, Putin is horrible and it's, it's just all bad and Zelensky is the new, the new hero of democracy. Let's look at what the hero of democracy has done just in the last few days. He's eliminated his political competition. What does that have anything to do with stopping Russia? Why would you eliminate 11, 11 political parties? You, but they're pro-Putin. Who cares? There's not an election right now. You, can't, you don't just go out and eliminate political parties, who I would like to point out other leaders in history, other dictators, other oppressors in history have done the exact same thing as they're seizing power. He consolidated the uh, state-run news channels into one single voice. They have one narrative. This is narrative control, and again, you can look at the worst leaders in world history. That is exactly what they did. There's no reason for any of this to be happening. And so you know, people will try to push both leaders onto me as, you know, when they're commenting, whether on my Substack or on my other shows, they'll say, oh, you know, I'll get tons of emails on both sides. You know, Putin is fighting for against the new world order. He's fighting for the, the cause of righteousness and greatness. No, he's not. Okay, he's just, he's just doing what he thinks he's supposed to be doing to advance Russia and to take down the West. And he has Zelensky. Oh, Zelensky's so brave. He's this freedom fighter. He's just he's just out there fighting for the people. No, he's not. He could have done so much already to bring this war to an end. He could have done things to prevent the war from happening. Well, he's not doing the things to fight for his people. Instead, he's doing things that are best for him, and that should truly concern every every right. uh, citizen of the world, let alone every American. That's been my take all, all along, is this could have easily been avoided. You know, we knew that this was happening. We, we saw the buildup around Ukraine. We saw the Russian buildup, and we knew what was bothering Putin, right? It, it had to do with NATO. It had to do with... Um, Ukraine migrating to the EU, and it had to do with a lot of that uh, that business. But I actually think there was a lot of things that haven't been told to the American people and to, to the world in general. And that is, you know, the bioweapons, the chemical weapons, the banned weapons that become a real threat to Russia. Uh, a strengthening Ukraine, not a weakening Ukraine or not a, a Ukraine like Norway or Finland, but a, a very aggressive Ukraine uh, being basically the tip of the spear for NATO against Russia. And then the other part is this emerging, especially in the wake of COVID, after we've seen how they can crush people. And we, after we've seen the globalists, you know, go out of their way to freeze your accounts uh, push down your throat social credit score systems and uh, and censor your speech and throw you off of social media. We have tyrants around the world that have a Twitter account, yet the president of the United States, Donald Trump, doesn't. And so we know what this is about. We know that the big tech is working in lockstep with the liberal government of the United States in censoring their political adversaries. So we see all this, we read our history, and we kind of know that what Russia is fearing is this 
growth and this strength of globalism that's become a real existential threat to Putin. And that's why I think that their moves with China, their moves with currency, and their moves against Ukraine have a lot more to do with this global environment rather than just this territorial uh, uh, battle uh, for the coast of uh, the Black Sea and and the uh, and the other body of water that's there around Crimea. Oh, you're spot on. Yeah. Now, and and people will say, like I said, I get the the emails, I get the comments all the time about he's fighting the new world order. When I say that they're wrong, what I'm saying is that they have it a little bit askew. It's not so much that Vladimir Putin is against order, for example. It's not so much that he's against conspiracies. It's that he, as you said, he's fighting this globalism, but it's the most important component there is that what he's most concerned about, and I believe this is his true ideology, this is his true philosophy, he is terrified of Western globalism spreading and essentially snuffing out their way of life, making, making Russia irrelevant. Again, I'm not trying to justify the invasion by any means. But I think that it's important for people to understand that we've given, we as in the United States, have given him every reason not to want Ukraine on their border to be weaponized, to not want Ukraine to be defended by who he considers to be his enemies in NATO, and for Ukraine and other nations to not be expanding into Western society and embracing this ideology that he believes is evil. And let's face it, why wouldn't he think that it's evil when he sees what's happening with not just the United States, but other Western nations when it comes to being woke, when it comes to being to being aggressively anti-establishment? And I'm not talking about just being against, oh, you know, being protesters. I'm saying when he sees what's being done by Antifa, Black Lives Matter, he does not want this spread to his border. The same people that are saying, oh, you know, Ukraine is... Is they're an independent country and they, they it's none of his business to, to be concerned about it. These are the same people that I guess they would have objected when uh, they were trying to put nuclear weapons in Cuba. You know, Cuba's Ukraine is closer to Russia than Cuba is to the United States. Well, and I want to be clear, I'm not defending his actions. I think that, that Vladimir Putin made some major mistakes, major miscalculations in this. But at least from a justification perspective, he's not just trying to be this oppressor. He's, he really does believe that he's doing what the right thing yeah, for I his mean, people. We entered, we entered Vietnam because we wanted to halt, slow down, if not stop the spread of communism. Well, what's just as bad as communism but Western globalism? Uh, right. The same people that brought us you know, Jussie Smollett's hoax, the same people that supported Jussie Smollett— the same people that supported Dr. Fauci and all of his draconian ways, right? And the same people that lied to us about the 97% of the climate change scientists couldn't possibly be wrong. Or the same people that said 17 intelligence agencies couldn't possibly be wrong. And the same people that impeached it, a duly elected president over a perfectly good call with a comedian that just won an election in Ukraine, you know, because he mentioned the word crowd strike uh, in the phone call. I mean, at that point, and the people behind that 
where people like Fiona Hill and, and Alexander Vindman and Maria Yovanovitch and all these wackos that are so radically left-wing and have stolen so much money. George Kent comes to mind, Mr. Bowtie. You know, mm-hmm. all of these people. And we're supposed to say, okay, now we believe you? Now we now we have to believe you that Zelensky's great, Putin's evil, and that this is how it should be? These people have been wrong about everything. And not only that, but they've taken away our power. They've given us inflation. They've uh, censored us. They've kicked us off of social media. They've frozen our bank accounts, and they've locked us up for protesting. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to be in lockstep with them. And not only that, but I'm really sick and tired of seeing these Ukrainian flags and these avatars with these people saying death to to Clarence Thomas. You know, where's the heart there? You know, so at some point, you know, I say, no, thank you. No, thank you. What do you no, say? No, thank you indeed. No, for sure. And, the, you know, one of the components that we, we miss, we've talked about it, we've touched on it here. But one of the things that we don't understand is that one of the greatest threats to all societies, I'm not just talking about America, I'm talking about a threat that at least from the inside looks horrible, and especially from the outside, it looks even worse, I think, at times. The things that you mentioned, and this comes back down to cultural Marxism, and that's the, the biggest challenge that, that I think people like Putin and G, they, they look at this and they think, man, we can't let, that's poisonous. You know, we can't let that continue because you're right. There are truly idiotic and contradictory people out there who are making truly idiotic and contradictory statements. They push for, you know, you, you can't be against, you can't be for hate speech, um, but in the meantime, as they're opposing it, they're using hate speech. Or you have people in Antifa, you, you know, we are anti-fascism, so we're going to commit fascism. <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And yet, you know, when, when they look at what we're doing, they see people like Leah Thomas, you know, doing his thing, her thing, whatever. I don't want to dead name. I don't even know what the rules are anymore. It's a he. Will it's Leah a he. Thomas. Just look at the chromosomes. It's a he. It is. Okay. It's, it's a he. So, so you got this guy out there winning, winning female sporting competitions. You mentioned Ju- Juicy Smollett. You've mentioned all of these liars that are speaking before Congress. Then you look and you see the presidential election of 2020. Okay. Of who would, if you're an outsider looking in to what's been happening to America since approximately the middle of 2020, since the, around the time when they really started making a hardcore push to change everything here in the United States and thus everything in the world, they are pushing for something, a concept that terrifies everybody who's on the outside looking in, everybody like a Putin. Right. What they're trying to create is a post-truth society. And that post-truth society is spreading, and they don't want any part of it. And why would they? Why would they want anything to do with Western culture? And why would they want, you know, from what from Putin's perspective is a former satellite nation, you know, that's on his border? Why would he want Western culture and the post-truth society to spread into what he believes is his land? That's not. Again, I have to say this for the fifteenth time so that people don't come say I'm a Putin apologist, he's not in the right here. He's doing wrong. He's, he's, he's way out there, and I don't like him. But I also don't want to sit here and say, oh, he has 
absolutely no justification. We're just trying to spread freedom, and Zelensky's just trying to, to do what's best for his people. No, no, and no. We're all part of this now, and that's a really scary thing when we consider the trajectory that the world is going, the trajectory that not only Putin and Zelensky, but also Biden and everybody else, they're taking us towards what I believe is potentially a world-altering experience, and well, we're... Yeah, you know, days, weeks, months. Maybe, yeah, and they're maybe doing years it. Away. They're doing it in a very slick way, and they're coming at us from all angles. You think that Russia has Ukraine surrounded? You know, I think that this Biden administration is very aggressive, and in opening up our borders, using Mayorkas to do that, using Mayorkas to to create, uh, uh, declare what uh, set guidelines for what he thinks is extremism. And that's going to be used by this big tech social media. They're they're going in lockstep. They're going full press with their alliance with the social media big tech Silicon Valley. They're opening the borders, uh, flooding in uh, for slave labor to appeal to the corporate corp, corporate uh, greed uh, of uh, that they gain from s- slave labor. Uh, also, they're going to convert these people into election fraud and. Uh, and then they're they're uh, working with conflicts around the world. You know, you can't tell me that the screw up in Afghanistan wasn't by design. I really believe that they looked at that as a refugee opportunity, and they ended up getting what they wanted. And this conflict, turning a blind eye and allowing this conflict in Russia and Ukraine to happen, I think was intentional. I, I think that you e- it easily could have been avoided. That's why I thought it was so unlikely that it would happen. And that's why so many people were surprised. Is because what what ensued? The higher gas prices. You know, in California where you you are from, $9 a gallon in some places now. It's 90 to 120 dollars to fill up your car. And that is a theft from the middle class. And I've always said on this show and maybe you've never heard me say this JD, but you know, you, you can never really have socialism without a strong, vibrant, working middle class that represents 65% of the country. If you have that, you have a strong, healthy country. But see, those people tend to vote for people like Trump because Trump makes common sense. And so the, the issue is that they don't want that. They want, it, they want that to disappear. They want that to melt away and fall into the lower class, the dependent class so that they can have control over you. This is all about a power grab to gain control and gain leverage over people. Globalists have been trying to move people around the world like they're pawns on a chessboard for the last several decades. They've done it for, to, to get precious rare earth metals uh, and, and, and other kinds of mining opportunities and so many other things. But they don't really care about human life. They don't care about freedom and democracy like they say they do, you know, and that's the issue. But you know what, J.D., I want to thank you for coming on today. And I want to make the announcement that um, you're here for a special uh, special situation that we are basically going to be. Well, let's see. We have a caller. We're going to go ahead and take this caller really quick. Hold on. And we'll go ahead and take this caller. Hey, Scott. Yes. Hi, this is Lance from Austin. Okay. How's it going? Hey, uh, sorry to, you know, cut in. I just, uh, I heard you wrapping up. I actually, 
Uh, I love your show. I listen to you almost every morning. And I, I, I wanted to butt in with a couple of ideas if, if you let me. One was, uh, I think, I don't want to defend Putin either, but we could probably look at his actions and say he's probably defending Russia against uh, Soros-style currency manipulation, which, if you look at the markets, is already kind of occurring. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah. But um, the other is, um, I, I think, if we look at some of the policies, uh, and I really enjoyed the discussion you're having this morning. That's why, before you got off too far, I wanted to see if I could add this. Um, the other was um, that if we look at some of the policies that led to some of these decisions that maybe Russia is making, uh, Fauci and Gates refusing to share the, the virus vaccine patent information and making that open source, I mean, we weren't sharing what was going on in those labs. So if we weren't being forthcoming with what could have been being researched in Ukraine, I think Russia would be able to say they have an undeniable way to say that they felt a threat. Oh, interesting. J.D., did you hear what he, uh, the caller had to say? And by the way, is this your first time calling in? It's my second. The, the last time I called in, I was calling in about the foster system and uh, okay. the what they could be doing to so the kids. What, know, is your name ago, but what is your name and where are you Lance. calling from? Uh, my name is Lance. I'm calling from the Austin, Texas area. Okay. J.D., JD did you hear what he had to say, Lance? I did. I okay. did. I think he's What's absolutely correct. Right. You know, you've got, as far as, let's, let's take point one, the Soros concept. So, you know, financial manipulation, that is all part of the push for, you know, this new world order, this the great reset, you can add Klaus Schwab and George Soros in the same mix. And it really comes down to what's what's called modern monetary theory. You know, their their push is that look, if we can get the Western world to embrace modern monetary theory where essentially you, you print your way out of everything, you do really whatever you want and you devalue everything, then that's going to impact the entire world. So from that perspective, you know, people are saying all oh, the sanctions are, are killing Russia. They really are, except I don't think that Russia went into this without a plan. So I would assume, and I think we're seeing this bear out in real time, I would assume that this plan does include going with, with China, trying to work with other nations, right. trying to get nations off of, you know, the, the, the dollar being, the, number one, the petrodollar, number two, the world reserve currency. And if they can demonstrate, hey, guys, they're going to be printing until the, the cows come home and you need to get into a safer safer financial system and we're going to offer it and we're we're going to promise to never sanction you if you're engaged in regional conflicts and stuff like that come on over and use our money oh man that would be that would be a coup for them as far as the bio labs and the lack of transparency from fauci and gates regarding COVID 19 yeah i think that is definitely a part of it you know they it's, it's the lies that have been told about this regarding the united states government and power players here in the u.s is very compelling when it comes to to explaining what's really really happening here and i don't know if you heard this quote during an interview with uh zelensky from cnn but this is telling i want to read it to you real quick it's a, he said i requested them personally to say directly that we are going to accept you into nato in a year or two or five just say it directly and clearly or just say no okay that's that's zelensky and the response and this is the response from the biden regime and the response was very clear. You're not going to be a NATO member, but publicly, the doors will remain open. <laughs> now, you tell me, does that not sound like the Biden regime was saying, hey, look, um, we're not actually going to ever let you into NATO, but we need you to act as bait 
So we're going to pretend like you still got a chance up until the point where you can use that as a negotiating tool to end the war, and then you're going to be the hero because you were able to, to negotiate with Vladimir Putin. This is manipulation from our own government. Caller? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm ringing words of truth around the world right now. I love it. Thank you, because, I mean, if, if you don't know they're lying to you by now, I don't know what else you need to, to, to go on. What, what, what other type of, uh, you know, a contradiction it has to be exposed to you directly from all sources. Thank you, Scott, for hammering these points home every day and, don't, and not letting people forget that they're not telling you the truth, and why would they? They're making more off of it by lying to you. Right. Absolutely. Thank you, caller. For Thank you, Lance. Thank you, sir. Take care. Okay. Uh, so, J.D., <laughs> see, we take live calls here. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it's kind of fun. Um, but uh, I wasn't even going to—I had it on Do Not Disturb. I figured out this new feature, you know, Do Not Disturb. This is a new phone system that everybody's aware that I'm dealing with. But— um, uh, but I just flipped it off of Do Not Disturb, and there was a caller that just came in. Um, in any case, I wanted to make the announcement that uh, we're going to be bringing you aboard uh, Red State Talk Radio. You're going to be uh, starting next Monday, uh, and uh, that is going to be a live show with call-in, and that's going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is that is that correct? That is correct. And have we figured Very out exciting. what we're going to call the J.D. Rucker Show? What are we calling that? I think, I think we're just going with JD Rucker Live. I think that <laughs> it's just, you know, we 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 threw some names out there and looked around, and you know, it just at the end of the day, this is really a differentiator. Because, so, so you, you had know, I, you I had the shows. You had him. Oh, you had Freedom First. You had him, mm-hmm. and you have yeah. You had a couple of other names involved in mind, but I think yeah. JD Rucker Live sounds great. Yeah, it's just straightforward and simple, and it's the differentiator because, you know, the the whole reason the, the I love your audience, I love your shows, I love the hosts here, and the main differentiator is the ability to talk to people like Lance, people who are out there, you know, fighting the good fight. They they have their opinions. They want to bounce them off of people like you and me. So let's let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Well, JD, uh, I've already gotten a lot of good feedback through my texting and. I can see that uh, things are going to go well. Uh, I, I, you and I have talked for hours, and uh, I got to tell you, I'm blown away by JD's um, analysis. Because at the end of the day, I'm all about the content, and I'm all about analysis. That's that's what it's all about for me. And uh, and you pack a really great punch. Yeah, I think your analysis is spot on, and uh, I really like what you have to say and. Looking forward to sharing it with our, with our Red State community. You humble me, sir. I appreciate you so much what you're doing, and I really cannot wait. Next Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Super excited about that. All right. We'll see you, we'll <laughs> see you soon. Take care, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, that's, uh, you know, there's a lot, of sh- a lot of things we still have to cover. And um, I got to tell you, there we go. So I'm going to have to uh, switch this off. There we go. And this uh, phone system, I'm still getting used to it, you know, but uh, it's work. It's working out. At least it gets the job done. Um, I don't love using it, but uh, yeah, so we got we got everything 
working just just fine now. All right, I just wanted to make sure my levels and stuff were were up. Okay. All right, so the big news today for me is this announcement about the new world order that Joe Biden uh, put out there. And, uh, you know, I, there were a lot of other little tidbit stories that I wanted to cover today as well. Like Facebook admits the truth. Fact checks are really just lefty opinions. This is put out there by the New York Post. Facebook finally admitted in the truth the fa- that fact checks that social media use to police what Americans read and watch and are just opinions. That's thanks to a lawsuit brought by celebrated journalist John Stossel. Remember Stossel? So he says, John Stossel, which has exposed the left's supposed battle against misinformation as a farce. And remember, everything about the Hunter dossier was considered fake news or disinformation, and it wasn't. They rigged an election. And there should be something to be said about this. They should take a look at this and they should find out what the value is. And I guarantee you that whatever they locked Dinesh D'Souza up for, for donating a couple of bucks to a campaign, the Obama did that to, to Dinesh D'Souza, I guarantee you Zuckerberg should be locked up for life if that's the, the, the threshold and the benchmark. So... This was stated in the court of law, and John Stossel exposed the left's supposed battle against misinformation, which I thought was pretty good. You know, check out uh, our social media. We posted a lot of different articles over the last 24 hours, Um, you know, like this one. Thousands of deaths may have been wrongly blamed on COVID. Was this part of a liberal globalist New World Order strategy to crush the middle class and gain control and power? Because this is exactly what happened. You know, this was a Daily Mail a UK report that said that. And uh, Jack Posobiec wrote, fact checkers said the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinfo. Hmm. Right. Oh, and one last thing. Well, I guess we're out of time, actually. This was... This was a, uh, oh, this is an eight-second clip. We're going to play it. Because the corruption is massive. Now, when Biden's son walks away with millions of dollars from Ukraine and he knows nothing because the corruption is massive. Now- he said that in front of Zelensky, by the way, and I thought that was great. Zelensky's face just went flat and blank, you know, because he's so corrupt himself. Zelensky is. Uh, but by that, by that, uh, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. We're plumb out of time. Be sure to check out the Substack over at scottadamshow.substack.com. You're going to love it over there. scottadamshow.substack.com. And also, thank you for your donations. Please make one over at magapack.org to support America First policies to make America great again. And be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.